The Heart of Grief is a program by Certified Grief Recovery Specialists Lori Penner and Brian McGee. Brian and Lori are not professional counselors. They do not offer therapy. If you are experiencing a crisis, please reach out to your local emergency or healthcare providers. What Lori and Brian offer in this podcast is an authentic, personal familiarity with the pain of loss and a straightforward approach to recovery that has proven transformative in the lives of thousands of grievers. As proud sponsors of the Grief Recovery Method programs, Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta are pleased to partner with Brian and Lori to bring you this podcast. We hope our listeners will discover genuine, practical help and encouragement. Welcome to The Heart of Grief, a podcast about loss and recovery. I'm Brian McGee. And I'm Lori Penner. And as kind of a timestamp for our listeners, we're recording this episode in late May 2020, during the COVID-19 pandemic, in the midst of restrictions and concerns. And that is important to know in relation to the content in this episode. Lori, as you know, I'm not much of a socialite. I do have a few friends that I meet for monthly breakfast visits and a few coffee friends. Of course, we have not been doing that for a few months now, and I miss those times. There's a little empty space there, both in the restaurant booth and in the heart, and a growing longing for those good times again. For sure. Here in Alberta, we're in stage one of our reopening process. Hopefully it won't be too much longer before your breakfast meetings and coffee visits will be able to resume. My mom is almost 86, lives alone, and has been home for almost three months, other than a few car rides with my brother. I talk to her almost every day, but she describes it as an extreme cabin fever and jail combined, and can't wait to meet her friends for coffee again. In our previous episode, we mentioned briefly about isolation being one of the common responses of grievers. And guess what? We've all been in various forms and degrees of isolation for the past three months due to COVID-19 restrictions. This certainly creates a grief event for everyone, more for some than others, of course. But regardless of COVID-19, isolation and grieving is always a concern. Yes, it is. In fact, Lori, do you ever search the internet for top 10 reviews of things you're looking to buy? I absolutely do. Now, that's one of my favorite ways to make a purchase decision. Well, in grief recovery, we don't have a top 10 list, but we do have a top 6 list. It's the top 6 most unhelpful responses people make to a loss event. The others are, don't feel bad. We've touched a little bit on that in our previous episode. And then, replace the loss. Give it time. Be strong for others. And keep busy. These ideas may sound very familiar to our listeners. Together we call them the top six myths of dealing with grief. We plan on talking about each of these in future episodes, but for now let's unpack the isolation myth a bit more. Lori, explain why isolation, or the message grieve alone, is so common as to be in our infamous top six. In other words, why do people commonly respond that way? Well, first of all, it is very common. It usually comes from a message we received or learned while we were kids. We may have heard it as, if you're going to cry, go to your room. Yep. 
heard that instruction when I was being overly emotional as a kid. And by the way, that was coming from very caring and loving parents. Same here. Tears were not okay, regardless of the cause. And yet, there were things I cried about. So I would only cry alone, in my room, or when I was sure that no one would catch me. So it's common. And we're saying it's problematic. But are there benefits? I mean, why would we do that otherwise? There are some benefits to being alone when we are grieving. It gives us time to process when our thoughts and feelings are all over the place. It gives us a moment to catch our breath and figure out what is actually going on and what we may need to do next. Also, when we have a loss of any kind, we often don't really know what to say to others, how to respond to them. It seems people also don't know what to say to us and are uncomfortable too. And people can say unhelpful and sometimes very hurtful things. And the truth is, we're often uncomfortable with our own emotions and what to do with them, so we try to avoid that too. Those are some of the benefits to isolating. But let's be clear, the biggest reason for us to choose any of the unhelpful behaviors we've listed is that we don't know any other way. And that is a huge part of what this program is all about. So, Brian, what are some of the potential detriments of isolation? Let's talk a bit about social deprivation, being cut off from normal human contact and interaction. Recently, I heard a report about a study done at MIT, headed up by a lady named Rebecca Sachs. It examined the brainwave effects of social isolation on people. And this was over a rather short period of isolation. The results showed activation of a hunger-type response. It created a craving in the participants in a region of the brain associated with hunger. So there was a longing for, in this case, human contact and interaction. Of course, the degree of concern for grievers will vary widely, as each person's isolation circumstances will vary significantly. Basically, we're wired to be social. When we are denied that, even by our own choice, a longing is created suggesting we're out of sync with our own needs at a time when the importance of social support is even greater than normal. It's so interesting that this response takes place in the same region of the brain as hunger. At times of difficult loss, we often feel a desire for more food. I know I sure do. And Brian, we both know the official snack of grievers is eat more. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, though we can laugh at that, it can also add a real extra challenge for many grievers, the desire just to be eating a lot. And here's another detriment of isolation. We risk going unheard. And we can't overstate the importance of simply speaking our feelings and being heard. In our last episode, Lori, you cited Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in this regard. The quote was, When feelings are mentionable, they're manageable, meaning when we're able to honestly name and express our emotions, it opens up a pathway to healthy response to those feelings. I'm thinking that Mr. Rogers uses the word mentionable in the quote because it implies there's someone to listen to it. Being heard is key. When we're in isolation, we're not being heard. Feelings go unmentioned and remain unmanaged. And this is a recipe for what we call unresolved grief. 
Lori, you use the metaphor of a backpack to explain this. Tell us about that. Sure. When we're faced with a loss of any kind, the feelings attached to it can be really hard, and they hurt. But we have no idea what to do with them, so we ball it up and we put it in our backpack. It's still with us, but we don't have to see it or be reminded of it. Out of sight, out of mind. However, our backpack fills up from all the losses, big and small. The weight of it becomes harder and harder to carry. But how do we unpack it, you may be wondering. The first step is to recognize we have things in there, and then take each one out one by one and explore the stories and feelings associated with them. Brian, let's face it, the problem of isolation and grief is multiplied by COVID-19. We're being required to do something that isn't natural or healthy. And there's our something to think about for this episode. Think of it this way. Being in isolation during a time of grief is like running a multi-day marathon race on a single protein bar a day. Emotional starvation at a time of increased need. And that's a recipe for a wreck. And Lori, it's your turn again to offer our something to do. Well, there have been all sorts of suggestions in the news and on the internet. FaceTiming, emailing, having a meeting on Zoom or Skype, writing letters to parents in a nursing home or others. People have been meeting in limited numbers following physical distancing. People have become very creative in ways they connect with others during this time. And Brian, we realize we're talking to people who are struggling with this. Just one small step is what we're encouraging. Our something to do challenge for this episode is to choose one doable thing. Reach out to one person you feel comfortable with. Express honest feelings. If you've had a bereavement, talk about your memories of your loved one. Greet a neighbor from your backyard. Bake something for someone and safe drop it off. With a roll of toilet paper, of course. For sure. The tendency to grieve alone is normal and it's made more difficult by the pandemic. Isolation creates an emotional deprivation that longs for human interaction. When we're struggling with the pain of a loss, taking a step out of isolation can be hard to do. We get that, but it truly can make a huge difference as you grieve. That small step you could take could be to us by sending us your questions or comments. Thanks, Lori. Now, before we finish this episode, there's one more aspect of isolation that we want to address. That's in regard to the impact of COVID-19 on funeral and memorial events. In order to help us with this, we've invited, as our guest, one of the staff from the funeral home that sponsors our grief recovery work. Chris Young is General Manager of Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta. And Laurie, that sort of makes him kind of our boss in a very collegial kind of way, of course. In addition, Chris is the current Vice President of the Alberta Funeral Service Association and serves on the Alberta Funeral Services Regulatory Board Education Review Committee. That's a bit of a mouthful. So, he brings insights drawn from both the local funeral home situation and the greater provincial perspective. Chris, you are a strong supporter of our grief care programs here, and we really appreciate that. Welcome to the Heart of Grief. It's good to have you join us. Hi, thanks, Brian. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, it's truly an honor to, to be involved with something like you've created with this grief program. Great, Chris. Let's get right to it. 
Lori and I have been addressing the concerns arising from isolation and grief. You no doubt have seen this tendency with grievers over the years of your career. Now for the past more than three months under COVID-19 restrictions, you've been at the very center of responding from the funeral profession's point of view. First of all, what have you been hearing from bereaved families? What are their primary concerns? Um, actually, grieving families when we're meeting with them have multiple levels of concern, ranging from anywhere, you know, should they be bringing people to a funeral home? And should they be gathering even within the restrictions? Or is that putting some of their family members at risk? So that's one of the many things that they're thinking about. Another thing is, is it going to be a private service versus a public service? So now our restrictions have grown to 50 from 15. Um, families are now having to entertain this idea of how do we decide who's coming to the funeral home and who isn't to be there. And so with all those changes and uncertainties that have been really forced upon us with very little opportunity to prepare, what sorts of things as Martin Brothers and for that matter other funeral homes that you're aware of been doing to, to offer to families? So the funeral profession as a whole has kind of come together and looked at different resources and ways of serving our families. One of them, of course, is recorded services, so we can record it, and then when people aren't able to be there, it's offered online so that they can listen to it there or watch it at that point. Another avenue is live streaming, so where we actually have cameras in at the church or the chapel where people are able to come to the service, but from the comfort of their home and the safety of their homes where they don't have to be in a public setting. And so with those things, what are you hearing from families? Like, what is working? And are, are there other options that are being considered to supplement these? Right. So uh, everything's working. It's just to the level that the families want it to be. Some people still aren't comfortable with the live streaming. You know, I honestly thought, and I know the staff here, we talked about it many times in our morning sessions, um, about how are we going to care for these families? How are we going to offer them the supports? And we came up with recordings and live streaming. And some families, sure, are taking advantage of that, but not all families are. Some families are choosing to postpone those services. And I don't know, as a funeral professional, what that means. I don't know if they're going to, you know, be able to revisit that event, that death event, and kind of go through those services or not. We don't know, but we've been able to provide these opportunities for families to allow more people to join in their mourning. Um, not all of them are taking them at this time. Okay, and so that kind of leads to the next question. As COVID-19 restrictions are beginning to loosen up, we don't know what the near term is going to look like, let alone a longer run. Do you have any thoughts on what the longer term impact of all of this is going to have on memorialization? Honestly, we don't know what it's going to be. It's my hope that sitting in these arrangement conferences with these grieving families and seeing how, how they were affected so deeply by not being able to have services. I'm hoping that that will resonate in the future, that people really start to realize the importance of taking time to remember, taking that grief and pouring it out at a service with your community and being able to share that. And I know our funeral staff here, we really started to look at how these families that weren't able to connect with other members of the community, other family members, how that affected them and how they felt and, and how that looks in the future. I'm not sure. I imagine that and I hope that people still see value in, in what we do and the importance of it and really come together and bond around, around these times when we're experiencing this grief. Finally, Chris, to the person listening who has just lost a loved one, who's, or who's anticipating the passing in the near future, and they're wondering what to do, what are your words to them? Well, Brian, I think I would, I would recommend that they just take time to sit in their grief, 
and know that that's okay. Whatever you're feeling, that's okay. There's no right or wrong or method of doing this properly. Uh, You have great funeral professionals around you. We can't, as funeral professionals say, we know exactly how you feel. I, for instance, haven't lost a spouse or a child or a parent yet by the grace of God. But I have, however, watched many people walk through it. And we have tools that are there to support you through that. And we are here 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to make sure that you're well taken care of. And that's our only passion is that we walk you through this. And that's really what this program is all about. The acknowledgement that loss and grief are not easy. We get that. And we're here to help one step at a time. Thanks so much again for being with us, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate being on here and hopefully we can connect again. Our guest has been Chris Young, General Manager of Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta. Next time we'll be talking about another of those top six most unhelpful ways to deal with grief. Replace the loss. Or stated another way, don't feel bad, we'll get you another puppy. Right, and we do need to expand on that. We're going to examine the common tendency we all have to avoid the sad feelings of loss by shifting our attention to some alternate thing or person or activity. We really hope you'll listen in. As mentioned, we love to receive comments and questions from our listeners. We invite emails to feedback at theheartofgrief.com. If you'd like to send us paper mail, it can go to the Heart of Grief, care of 610 4th Street South, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, T1J4P3. And of course, you can subscribe through your podcast service provider.